Closer. So you've got like a, a softball size that you'll want in front of you. Maybe even a little pellet. Here's one. Okay, you walk. How about now? There you go. There it is. Is it good? Then you got headphones there. Okay. It, it changes the whole dynamic of the Does conversation. It? Okay. It's so weird. All right, let me. <laughs> and I, I've been messing around a little bit with my mics, trying to change the sound up a little bit. So I may have to make an adjustment here. I'm not so sure I like what's going on. I put a compressor on them, just trying to see. I don't like it already. There we go. There, oh, see. Oh, yeah. Isn't that weird? How it's it just, is. It's it echoey. Draws you in. It does. And makes you go, oh, I'm having a conversation here. Yes. Really. <laughs> this is my old stopping grounds, really. Yeah, it is. I mean. I went to Licking. Yeah. And I drove right by it. Yeah. You know, I grew up at Lake Mohi. Yep. And so. Crazy story. I've, I found a picture. Um, I, I'm going through pictures and kind of digging through my own history and just learning more about myself and my family. And I ran across this picture and on it was my grandmother, my grandma Fox and her dad. Um, and she was a Clevenger and the Clevenger family is out from around the Elizabethtown. Yeah. My, wow. my grandpa Clevenger. Mm was hauling rocks out of the quarry mm -hmm. in uh, southwest Blackford County. Mm -hmm. Where's the quarry in southwest Blackford County? Mohi. Yeah, yeah. So my grandfather was a part of uh, hauling those rocks out of there. Wow. Part of the building of that. I don't know what his full involvement was, mm -hmm. but it was his mule and wagon that was that the picture was, was her with him. Wow. Hauling rocks. Yeah, they got a dam down there and everything. Yeah. It's It's amazing. Interesting part of that county, me and Jack Beckley were talking about how that was one of the original areas that was uh, settled in Blackford County. Really? Yeah. I didn't really know that either. Yep. Uh, I can't remember the family now, the family name. Uh, the family name rings a bell. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. So when when I started looking through uh, some different Blackford County history, uh, it was really interesting to see names pop up. And in my mind... I was putting them together with where it said in, in this biography book um, where they lived. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. We went to school with Tim Kessler. Mm -hmm. Tim Kessler still lives out there. Mm -hmm. And in the 18, you know, 70s, 1880s, yeah. the Kessler family was there. Mm -hmm. The, um, oh, my gosh. Um, a number of names pop up. Well, one name to me, Don Rogers. Oh, yeah. Don Rogers' family lived out on Mohi Road for years and yeah. still lives out there. He does. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here they are. You know, you, you kind of you kind of stay, for the most part, um, where your family started mm -hmm. for some. And my my grandpa, Toby, he, he was here in Hartford City in the um, – Lady or the early 1900s with his family and there were six boys and, but they kind of spread out all over the place after, after the Toby family, but he stayed and, and one of his brothers stayed for a while too, but then ended up up in Michigan. And it's just interesting. I've, I've lived a couple different places. I lived for a very short stint in Florida, just South of Tampa. I uh, lived down there with Rob Hess and Sean uh, Jenkinson, mm -hmm. Kim Jenkinson and the Wilsons. 
very short stint down there, um, moved back up here, lived here, and then moved to Madison for a few years. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll be honest, man, Madison became like my, my second home, mm -hmm. you know, and you kind of feel that you feel yep. that with, with the Yorktown area mm -hmm. and you, mm -hmm. you became, you know, just the son of the city there and yeah. it's where your family has been raised. So, mm -hmm. uh, just catch us up, man. Catch us up. What's going on with Jason Reynolds and your family and. Well, you know, it's hard to believe. I, I, my oldest son's in college now. Oh my gosh, so, man. I still see this little dude yeah. doing gymnastics on yep. your Facebook page. Yeah. And you know, that's been since he was six years old. So, gosh. and he's still doing it collegiately, which we went to his first collegiate meet, uh, at the Ohio state, um, a couple weeks ago. Wow. So, and, you know, he's doing it with some other guys and, um, collegiately, which is pretty cool, but yeah, you know, we get older, but, uh, it's, um. It's good. I've been at Ball State 25 years now, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> as a chef and worked my way up and earned some degrees. And, um, you know, uh, over the years, you know, my wife and I owned our own catering business for 17 years. Um, I taught at Ivy Tech and, uh, but, you know, I oversee the, all the catering department of Ball State now all over campus and the alumni center operations. And, uh, yeah, family's good. They, you know, uh, our youngest son's, uh, he's in the theater department at um muncie civic um he just did his 30th show what was he in white christmas and what a great show it was a great show i absolutely yeah. loved it one of the best plays i've ever seen yeah and my son was the cameraman oh wow and the train conductor and so he's a tall slender guy you know he has got long hair but it was all up in the wig yeah you know but uh yeah and he's one of the dancers and singers but yeah uh he loves doing that and uh yeah civic does a great job they do on shows um but, you know, um, my wife, uh, she works over in Anderson at, a um, changing lives, which is a, uh, center for kids on the autism that has autism. Okay. Um, they do therapy and things there and both boys, um, what my oldest actually works there and, um, he is actually studying ABA oh, wow. as, uh, his major at Ball State. Yep. So that's what he loves and what he wants yep. to do. And so, yeah, um, family's plugging away and doing a good job and um it's great great i was thinking uh as i was as i was getting my stuff done this morning i was thinking about uh, probably 2010 ish maybe 2000 it might have been 2012 i ran into you at the student center yes. i think yes the student center or at the uh yeah student center wasn't it the tally yeah it was a tally. tally yeah yeah and i thought oh my god man it's so weird when we see each other mm -hmm. Uh, it's almost out of context. Mm -hmm. It's not out of context, yeah. obviously for you, but for me, it was, it yeah. was like, Oh, there's somebody I know. Yeah. And you know, being an older student, I was a non-traditional student at that time. And mm -hmm. like seeing anyone that, you know, there is rare, mm -hmm. uh, because well, the age gap, yes. you know, I was 18 years older than most of the students I was around. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was that guy that would be asked by, by professor. So Scott, what'd you do in a previous life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you know hey, same way with me you know because yeah. i only have my associates out of college and culinary and so went to culinary school and then went right into the business oh. and you know when i landed up all state which was 25 years ago you know i i was told you can earn your bachelor's degree for free as a benefit so i for 17 years i took classes and yeah i know what you mean being um in class with a non-traditional student yeah. Yeah, but uh, it it was fun. Does it even look that way in the culinary department? Um, you know, um, 
Ball State really doesn't have a corner. They have more hospitality. Okay. It's changed more over to business. Um, not so much. It's more the younger crowd. Is it? Yeah. Um, and I would think it would be. I mean, mm-hmm. at Ivy Tech, we, we saw some some people that were, you know, not yes. traditional. And, yes. You know, man, what a diverse group of people mm-hmm. that Ivy Tech serves, that's for sure. And Yeah. I never really ran into that as much at Ivy Tech for those two years. And what a wonderful yeah. um, experience Ivy Tech was. I, I'm a big supporter of Ivy Tech yeah. and uh, very, very happy that I went there and had a great experience. And, uh, well, teaching there for I taught, taught eight or nine years, I taught while I was still working at Ball State. I taught meat and feet, seafood fabrication and, you know, those type of classes. And, you know, non-traditional students – you're right. There's a lot of them in Ivy Tech that come back that want another career. Yeah. yeah. Did you just say seafood fabrication? Yeah, meat and seafood fabrication. I gotta. I I, I can't let that go. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> it's actually and I the way I teach class. I'm a traditionalist teacher where I like to talk about the history and how things come about, <clears throat> where they came from. So, say we're talking about beef. Okay. <laughs> you know. Where to start, where to domesticate, how to even start in, in history, you know, um, and then how to come about where, and, and then all the way down to the cuts of meat, how you cut them, how you fabricate them and all the way down to like the ribeye, gotcha. you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about when I mean fabrication. Okay. So even like fish, you know, how, how do they come about you, you, how you break down a flat fish, shellfish and a round fish. There's three categories. So. Does it change uh, the way? And I maybe I've seen this somewhere, but just in the in the way you cut a a, a piece of meat, mm-hmm. will it change the way you prepare it? Like cook it, or you know, you know what? Yeah, it, sometimes it does. Yeah, um, depends on the cut of meat, and <clears throat> there's always uh, <clears throat> there's more of the proper way of cutting down a whole side of beef, or a, you know. Um, pork or whatever it may be but then there is different ways you can prepare it you know and it's 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 to the individual um there's the traditional ways that we learn in culinary school and then how chefs do it um but yeah is that part of them creating their own style yeah okay absolutely and that's the thing where you you go to school to learn the basics yeah you start working in the industry for chefs and and then you create your style from all the places and what you've learned that's and that's what you do. That's the art side of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, what would be something that would be your favorite uh, component to teach? Oh man. <clears throat> well, I love meat. You know, so the, the you know in 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 any any of the it's either beef or pork. I I love the meats in that way because in my off time. <laughs> I love smoking meats and barbecuing, yeah. and that's one of my favorite things to do. Boy, that's an art in itself. It is. It really is, because it can go bad really oh, easily. You can. Uh, and you got to have patience, too. Oh, my God. You know, le- learn the temperature and how to adjust it and keep an eye on it. And I decided yeah. um, last year, it might have been about this time, that I wanted to try Lego lamb. Mm-hmm. So we got some lamb, um, put it in the freezer, because we bought it early, and then, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. Got it out of the freezer. I put it on. I tried to smoke it uh, on my charcoal on my charcoal okay, yeah, yeah. smoker, and I thought, you know, I can keep the coals low enough in the in the box. Um, I'll just keep, you know, I'll keep an eye on it. Man, that thing turned out just awful. 
Oh, did it? it was the worst. Like yeah. we couldn't eat it. Okay. Jennifer's like, I think that piece of meat is bad. Something's wrong. Something happened. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. I, I've had some luck with some other things. Absolutely love smoking a turkey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was some delicious bird. And I, I don't like dry turkey. Oh I no. I, I have a hard time eating a chicken breast because a yeah. lot of times it's very dry. Yeah. Um, but man, you give me a chicken thigh. I'm all business all day. Chicken thighs are my favorite. I always, I'm the one that goes for the dark meat for turkey. On, yeah. yeah. And what I tell people when, when they're smoking or grilling or you know, even roasting a turkey is to turn the breast side down mm-hmm. because all the, all the juices from the dark meat flow down into the breast. Yeah. You know, no one really displays their turkey anymore. So, you know, the darkness and the crispiness of, oh, let's put the whole bird out for display and then cut it. You think that ended in... 1989 when christmas vacation came out yes. right right so funny so funny but yeah you know the the juices just flow down into the breast I still, and that's i still do that when we eat turkey and something bad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that movie yeah you know. so and that's something i learned online i just kind of mm-hmm. did some some looking into it same thing let that fat let that mm-hmm. stuff render down into the other yeah other components so favorite dish Favorite dish to eat or make? Man. Both. Both. We're getting into the, the nitty gritty yeah. early. Yeah. Um, Doesn't even have to be a dish. What's a favorite thing? Oh, okay. Uh, first thing, come on. I love fried chicken and homemade mashed potatoes and gravy. Had fried my mom's. Chicken for lunch. My mom's. So, you know, a little history on myself. You know, I got into culinary or got into wanting to be a chef when I was in the seventh grade. So, junior high yeah okay foods class uh i was the only guy in, i was the only boy in the class you know here in hartford That's you know so awesome yeah and you know and a lot of the a lot of the friends i had you know made fun well, of me what a great way to meet girls though hey and that's what i said i get to eat food and, and meet girls you know and you know i just took all the foods classes i could take because i knew back then i wanted to be a chef okay in the seventh grade um God, man i'm so envious of that and i've talked about that before that you know i i just want to be a dad i want to be a, a husband and a dad yeah. i didn't really know what i wanted to do yeah. i thought i wanted to be a teacher mm-hmm. early on found out there was a lot of work involved in that yeah took some time away and did whatever mm-hmm. um then finally came back to it but i'm so envious of those who know early mm-hmm. what they want what their you know what their passion is mm-hmm. uh, so just just a lot of envy well it was crazy because my when we moved from blackford um, to Yorktown. And the reason why we did, my dad worked at GM and Anderson okay. for uh, ever since I could remember when I was a kid. And, and my mom then ended up getting a job at Ayers, LS Ayers in the oh, Muncie yeah. Mall. So, and we had some relatives in Yorktown. So it was halfway in between. So we moved. That's why we moved. Um, it was just a long drive for both mom and dad all the time. And um, so, and we moved uh, <clears throat> then. But, uh, and then I continued taking some other classes at Yorktown. And then I went to Vincent University and got my culinary degree. Okay. Um, but my grandmother, June Miller, uh, the Millers who lived out in northeast of town there, um, <clears throat> great cook, you know, uh, and, and my, my mom was a great cook. Uh, my my mom, mom and dad's side of the family all cooked. So when we had gatherings, we had a feast, Yeah. you know, and, and it's just the way I learned. And then I ended up, when my mom went to work, I end up cooking our dinners at home. Wow. So, you know, um, that's how I kind of learned and loved it. I just end up loving it and then end up just 
going after it and did it. Um, so my favorite dish comes from my mom, okay. which is uh, fried chicken. She breaks down the whole bird, um, flours it, and pan fries it. And takes the the drippings and makes homemade gravy and homemade mashed potatoes. I mean, that's my all-time favorite meal. Um, It's fried chicken. And, of course, it's the chicken thigh. You know, know, um, which was funny because my mom always had the breast. My sister always did the leg. I did the thighs. My dad did the wings. So it all worked out. That works out perfect. It worked out perfect. Yeah. Here at our house, I don't don't know that Jennifer would have touched a chicken thigh. Mm-hmm. She was she was very um, thoughtful in what she ate. I would mm-hmm. say picky, but she has a wide, very, very interesting palate. But she wouldn't she wouldn't eat the thighs because they were so fatty. Okay. Um, but I started doing thighs on on the grill, and yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, she figured out, man, that's a really good. It's good. That's <laughs> really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like I like to keep, I like to keep my my chicken juicy. And I think there's a fear in people that if it's still juicy, it's not yeah, done. not done. Right. You know, and same with pork. Yeah. People think you got to cook pork until it's completely. No, no, no. it can be a little pink in there and it, and still you got to have it moist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just all that flavor still, still packed mm-hmm. in there. Uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite thing to, to make is probably um, chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Okay. I can make a mean chocolate yeah. chip and snickerdoodle. Yeah. Um, so that, that comes from my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but my brother Joe would always make chocolate chip cookies. My mom would make snickerdoodles and peanut butter. Okay. So I became the chocolate chip and snickerdoodle guy. I can't make a peanut butter cookie to save my life. I really, I, I don't know that I'll ever get there where my mom was. Mm-hmm. She did it so well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd help her get it ready and help her do stuff, but somehow mine just come out so crumbly at the end mm. and i've tried a few different variations yeah, yeah. to to get there i just can't get it so we're leaving that one alone my my oldest brother bill i took him some snickerdoodles um right around christmas and uh he's he took a bite of one and he goes that's eh, close i just want just so you know i put a little bit of love in everyone every time you know i got it off the spoon i'd lick my thumb before i got that next one so i'm just trying to get a little love in it just mm-hmm. like mom did that's right yeah yeah i don't really like making the fried chicken there's a lot of process into that and you know but the uh i like grilling i like just i do too grilling any time of the year if i had a fryer outside yeah i just it it's <laughs> it stinks up your whole house yeah i know instantly uh-huh, uh-huh. but if i had a fryer somewhere you know maybe in my garage with a you know an exhaust hood or outside mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. i could just go at it oh yeah uh I, i'm totally down with that mm-hmm. we used to we used to have some parties out of our house when we lived on 26 and we'd always have the fryer going outside and we we're frying twinkies yeah and, uh oreos you like anything you could think of like mm-hmm. it was almost like the state fair type yeah. food uh, yeah and people would be bringing things to throw mm-hmm. in there and shane beckley brought some stuff one year and, and like other people were bringing stuff and they were like preparing for this party yeah. so they could try it and have other people try it the snickers was okay um, you know, there's some other things that are kind of goofy mm-hmm, in you know, mm-hmm. the fried Coke. Oh, well. <laughs> come on, yeah. man. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's not, let's just fried not. butter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, dude. That yeah. is fried. You know? I know. <laughs> so when, when you're now you're at ball state, you've been at ball state 20, 25 years, 25 years. Yeah. And like you said, you've worked up from just working, uh, as a, as a cook or a chef. Yeah, I Always came in a as chef. a chef. So. Okay. 
Yeah, first two jobs, it's like my third major job. I did have uh, in high school in Yorktown, I had a little cook's job. But from right after culinary school, I went to the Radisson Hotel at Keystone at the Crossing, and now it's a Sheridan. And um, that was a great, great time because uh, I got to learn all aspects of the food service industry. You know, fine dining, casual restaurant, you know, the garmage, which is the salad station, the desserts, catering, everything which was great. Um, I, you, you could work 5 PM to 1 AM or work 5 AM or, uh, yeah, 5 PM to 1 AM, you know, wow. back for whatever it was, right. you know, cause the hotel is always open 365 days a year. And so that hotel was, uh, the, um, it housed a lot of the, the, the bands that came for concerts at Deer Creek. Oh, interesting. So Grateful Dead was there all the time. Oh, wow. You know, a lot of the bands came there and stayed at that hotel. They'd have probably been okay with just grilled cheese. Yeah, I probably. Say. That's what they're making out in the, uh, yeah. out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. But then I went on to Woodland Country Club in Carmel. Um, chefs that I knew from the American Culinary Federation, it was an organization that we belong to. Um, you know, they're all buddies and they all talk. So one chef that was leaving the hotel newest chef at the Woodland Country Club. So I ended up going there, okay. which was a good move. Um, I went through a couple of chefs there. And um, from that point on, I was still, I was living in Muncie still, Yorktown, and driving to Carmel. And um, opportunity came when they were hiring chefs at Ball State. And the chef there was invited to a little competition at Ball State they had going on, um, but had uh, a prior commitment. And at that same time, I had applied. For a position okay. and he said why don't you go ahead and go take my spot because i have to go to this other prior commitment and then just see what happens so i did and it was a little market basket um <laughs> ready set cook type competition and um i they ended up inviting me in uh over to uh, a get together afterwards and stuff so it, wow. it worked out really good and i've been there ever since and i love it so you know start off as a chef there um Earned my bachelor's degree in hospitality and food management. Uh, and then I became um, general manager at Woodworth Dining um, in 2017. Uh, I, you know, the director at the time asked me, do you really want to step out of the kitchen? Do you want to step out of the chef's role? I said, well, if I want to move up and I'm going to stay here, um, sure. So, you know, you still have that. I'm still a chef by trade. Still people to this day call me chef. Right. Um, but to move up and become more management and, and move up in, in dining, um, that's what I did. I stepped out of the kitchen as a chef role, but still had influence on menus and, you know, guiding other chefs sure. that came along and, and then just mentoring people. So I started in my, in my master's as well in uh, adult and community education because I feel like in everyday life, um, in my role, I'm educating adults. Hundred percent. You know, when we when we talk, when we just sit and talk to each other, we're educating each other. You know, and so I I feel like you know a big part of it is listening, and communicating. And when we communicate, we're 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 teaching mm. or learning, in that same way. So, you know, and and plus during this whole time while I'm earning my bachelor's degree, my wife and I opened a, we our own catering business mm. called Heavenly Creations Catering. And that was, I never wanted to cater in my life because catering was just, um, hectic, you know, a lot of variables, a lot of variables. And so the way we fell in the, in 2001, 
a friend of ours was getting married and asked us if we'd cater the wedding. Sure, I'll do that favor for you. Well, we did it, and their wedding coordinator stepped in, saw what we did, said, wow, this is the best I've seen from any caterer around this area. Have you thought about catering? I said, no, not in our life, you know. So <laughs> that's how we fell into it, started our own business, and did it on the side um, while I still worked at Ball State full-time. I tied Ivy Tech and plus was taking back classes at Ball State. It was a busy time. Um, 17 years I had the catering business, uh, my wife and I, because in 2019, um, there was a position open at Ball State for the direct, uh, assistant director of uh, catering. Mm -hmm. And so I interviewed for the position, and, and actually they promoted me since I had the catering experience. And, and so now the... Titles of Associate Director of University Catering and the Alumni Center Operations. Okay. So the Alumni Center, I oversee the whole operations of the Alumni Center. It goes hand in hand with catering because um, we have a kitchen there as well. And we do a lot of events out there um, at the Alumni Center by the football stadium. So um, overseeing that and all of catering at Ball State, it's uh, it's been a journey. Football it's, games, basketball games. Yeah. So, we, you know, every fo home football game, we, we cater uh, 20 suites um, wow. up in the box and outside. Um, so we have all those going on and we also do, do, uh, alcohol concessions, beer concessions. Okay. Um, and now we're doing it for the basketball games as well right now. Is there a hospitality suite or anything for the basketball games? Um, not per se. Okay. So they doing it more for the, um, so we sell uh, beer on the, con uh, the court concourse. Yep. Um, but we're doing it also, if you buy a course side seat, you get, concessions down on the ground floor oh, really? so we're doing that for the court side seats okay yeah. well yeah. that's nice yeah it's pretty cool yeah. so what what do you think would be a key for someone you know think about seventh grade you mm -hmm. that knew you had a love for it, had no idea what what it would take to yeah. get to where you, you know yeah. to and taking these different paths to get there what would what would you say to a young person who just enjoys being in the kitchen, learning, and, and maybe maybe has a thought of, hey, that's something I would like to do. Yeah, you know, and, and this happens all the time because you have people, oh, I want to be like the chef on TV. Well, you know, they see Nobody this. wants to be like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> there are times I'd like to be. You oh, know, I know, like right, right. That, but I just don't have it in me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, and I'm not that way either. You know, sometimes you get, you get frustrated at times and stuff, but yeah, um, you know, it takes, uh, it takes a certain person really, because so, a lot of people, a lot of youngsters that want to get into the culinary industry do not know what it takes really. Sure. They see things on, and TV has done a lot as far as showing the high life, right. you know, of a chef, um, to really get in there and grind prep, um, do all the prep, do the line work. I think that's what a lot of people miss though, too. Just thinking about when you go out to eat mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm here for an hour, hour and 10 minute, you know, experience the amount of work that went into making sure your experience in that restaurant mm -hmm. goes off without a hitch. Kind of what we were talking about there with catering yeah. and the amount of variables that go into that. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's still a lot of variables in the kitchen, but I would assume not near as many as when you're taking some, you know, going remote yeah catering right but i'm just thinking about the amount of prep that goes in and what time people go in to start you know chopping veggies mm -hmm. and cleaning and 
you know, getting the meat prepared and putting, yeah. you know, whatever that looks like. I don't know what it looks like mm-hmm. for me. It's Jennifer goes to the store and you know. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's almost the same way because you're placing orders. You get the deliveries come to your back door. You know, they come in, you have to put up the stock, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and make sure you have the right product. Cause if you have a menu that changes, you know, weekly or monthly, you got to revamp and, you know, and restart and, um, and it takes a good crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you really got to have, uh, people that want to be there and, right. and work. And so, you know, it, it does take someone that has the heart and has the soul that wants to really dig in and do a good job. But yeah, there's a lot of background work that goes into it and you have to be, have your line set up, ready to go. And, um, yeah. There's, there was a show on, um, I think it was on Hulu called The Bear. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Not yet. Heard about it? No. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how well it represents the realities of, mm-hmm. you know, running a, a restaurant and, um, you know, functioning within a kitchen. But it's definitely telling of the pressure that time, the importance of time, they mm-hmm. continually stress that. They don't come out right and say, Time is everything, folks. Yeah. But there's a continual, um, there's a continual reminder of how important every second is mm-hmm. uh, in that kitchen, and it's by showing the clock or yeah. by them making a comment or whatever. Is that reality? It is. Yeah. And I always, and I've always had in my mind and I always tell people, hurry up and wait, mm-hmm. because let's hurry up and get this done, and, and check off our list. Make sure we have it all done. And I'd rather be waiting for the service to start sure. or the catering to start than to be rushing all the way to the last minute and then forget something. Right. You know, that's the worst. Yes. And the especially, worst. you know, and you never want the, the client or customer to know there's something wrong in the back. Yeah. You know, it, the, the guests should always be thinking, Oh, this is great. You know? Yeah. Well, something may, ha- something's going to happen, you know, on the line in the restaurant or in the catering, but they should never know that. It's all about the experience. It's all about the experience. How much of that plays into what you do in catering? Uh, the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You have the front of the house, you have the back of the house, the same exact way as you do in the restaurant. Front of the house is the service staff, back of the house is your kitchen crew. And so um, the front of the house gets it all set up. You know, um, they should know the menu as well. Right. Uh, and the kitchen's the one prepping and getting all the food ready. Um, if it's in the same facility or if it's being shipped, to a different place, you know, um, that the paperwork should go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a timing you, and it's timing, you know, so I do a schedule every week on Fridays for the next week. Cause you don't know what events you're going to have. So, you know, everybody works different shifts and, um, yeah. So the, the timing's everything. So you get there, you get it set up and you should just c- kind of just take a breather, wait a minute until we need to, everything starts. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So having experience as a chef and now having experiences being the associate director, associate director, yeah. is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you now see, and, and I know you saw the, the, um, you got to see what it looked like out front as well and know how things get, you know, moved mm-hmm. in the kitchen and prepared to go out to the, to the guests. But knowing the, knowing both ends now as the, the director of catering, how does that change the chef you? It really doesn't much okay. um, because you're still playing. I, I still play in menus. Um, I still, you know, recipes with the kitchen, still talking about that. And you're still prepping, but you're prepping more for the bulk or for a plate. 
because it could be hors d'oeuvres. It could be um, a buffet. It could be served meal, kind of the same setup kind of way um, of prepping and and getting through the kitchen. But also um, in my role now, I I have to make sure the front of the house has everything set up, you know, is the silver. I always go through and check the silver set right, you know, on the table for a plate of meal. Is the knife turned the right way? Is the wine glasses on correctly? You know, um, are we getting the right linen? I have a, a management, another management staff that's ordering linen and stuff. So, you know, I make sure all the pieces come together, um, overseeing that whole thing. I guess in my, in my head, I'm thinking of me as teacher, you know, as parent, then teacher, mm-hmm. well, student, parent, then teacher, and, and then as an administrator and how that changed my my outlook on each piece yeah you know i got mm-hmm. to see what that looked like from different views yeah uh certainly changed how becoming a teacher changed how i viewed education as a parent um and then being a teacher changed my view as a parent mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it all works in that way and yeah and as i've rolled through some different um different avenues in my career careers I guess it's almost like I consider my whole life my career. Yeah. Because I've done mm-hmm. so many different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives me a, a very different perspective on things. But probably the biggest thing I learned, and, and the reason I bring up time is because of the importance of um, not just time management. Um, I thought I was a really good time manager, which I believe I am. But I realized <clears throat> as a principal that it wasn't my time management that needed to be uh, on point as much as my priority management. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a huge difference between the two. Cause I think we can manage our time really well. Mm-hmm. You can say, yep, I need to cook this at this time, at this time, at this time, at this time. But if you're not focused on what the end product is, it doesn't matter. Cause we can set that time, like all those things anywhere during the day. Yeah. And it means nothing right. at certain times. Yeah. You know, but if you put that in the right time, you prioritize that in the right time, then it comes out perfect Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. everyone is happy. Right. No one is under that undue stress of, we got to make up, you know, we got to improvise or whatever. Everything goes as planned. And I think at priority management was kind of what I was, I was, I was pushing for with that. And and you answered that in that way. I just want to make sure my listeners heard that it's the priorities that become prioritize yes. instead of just the time management. Well, you can't prep for a catering that's on Thursday and not prep for the one that's on Tuesday first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, if they have some of the same items, do it together, you know, sure. but you're right. It's, it's priority. It's like yeah. prepping for breakfast, yeah. you know, at, at six in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a few things you can do there, but, yeah. uh, right. you know, you're going to mm-hmm. have to get up early folks. Yeah. If, uh, if someone, um, and Jennifer and I have talked about this numerous times, we've always had this restaurant in the back of our head, right? Mm-hmm. As a chef, is that something you've, you've always tossed around or is that? I tell you, everybody wants to own their own restaurant and everybody keeps saying, man, you're so good. You should own your own restaurant. And that, that's a 24 seven, you know, owning your own restaurant. It's, uh, I don't think so. You know, I've owned my own catering business and that was just on the side. That wasn't even full time. Sure. And that was busy enough because I didn't really have a staff. We just had people helping. Um, so Linda, my wife, you know, she take care of like emailing and, and things with the, the, 
the customer um, and sending out menus. And then I would meet with the client um, or the customer and, and talk about menu and what they would like. And, you know, it, it and then you got to go get all the groceries and then you have to take it to the facility and then you have to prep it. You know, there was, you know, 16, 20 hour days um, just on a Saturday to get that wedding reception. You know, you're there early in the morning and until it's over and then doing dishes, you know, so, you know, you do have help. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm doing, I do some long hours now, sure, but it's different because you're overseeing, you know, you're doing stuff for the president of the university and you're going and making sure that event's taken care of. And I flip flop between events and make sure they're being taken care of. And, um, but you know, I go in early in the morning and then sometimes in the late in the evening, it's not always like that. Um, but it's just making sure that the, the major events and, and not, not saying all events, but all the events are important. Um, the you have a hard time going out to eat. Sometimes. Yes. I, I love going out to eat some, uh, at certain places. Um, because I know the management or I know the people, um, not, not really, but sometimes I have to say sometimes it, you can be critical yeah. because I know the whole aspect of the front of the house, back of the house. Um, and I can tell you sometimes usually what's going on without even being back in the, sure. you know, um, and, and people just, you know, when you're a customer and I was going to bring this up as a customer, cause it's all aspects like you're talking about, about being a student, then being a yeah. teacher and all the way up, you know, as a guest. Also, I'm never a guest at a catering event. Right. I'm always the one putting it out at a Ball State event, you know. Um, but going out to eat is, can be tough. There's only a certain place, a certain couple places I'll go <laughs> to a nice restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Just because it, I know what I'm going to get. Well, there are times, Jennifer's a heck of a cook. And so her original degree, she has a bachelor's in dietetics. Mm -hmm. And through that, there's a lot of cooking that goes on yeah. uh, in that in that program and she is she is incredible with how she can take different components like if, if we're at home and she's like oh i don't have that and i'm like oh darn it well you can make something else next thing i know it's sitting in front of me what she'd originally planned i'm like how'd you do that oh i'm just instead of this i substituted that and yeah you know put this with it. Mm -hmm. so she's very creative in that way it's the art part of it that comes yeah. into play uh and the science she's very science oriented she understands the the different components and how to how to place them together to make it work and function you know what i call that flavor profiling oh sure so you yeah. said you you said it i mean it was like you know the components and what goes together and, and that's what i've always taught is flavor profiling if you go to a restaurant and you order a steak or some you know a ribeye i, I want the plate to be put together i don't want to have a, a be able to order a, a baked potato and asparagus that comes with every plate because mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't go with every plate mm -hmm. i want to i want the plate if i'm gonna pay a good price i want the plate designed for me mm -hmm. and so if you think of a filet a nice grilled filet horseradish mashed potatoes a nice roasted onion sauce some haricot vera green bean you know God, those, you're making me hungry yeah those <laughs> flow together you know the meal you should eat it all together you shouldn't eat your steak by itself your potato by itself you should be able to eat all components yeah. like you're talking about all flavors should flow together. And that's, that's the flavor pro profiling point. And like you're saying, she knows what flavors go together so she could substitute something else right. to make it go together. Yeah. And, and it's made it kind of hard when we go out to eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
because there are things I can do really well and I'm far from being great at anything, you know, when it comes to that, but I can make a pretty mean steak. Yeah. I can make a pretty mean, uh, you know, set of chicken thighs and some different, you know, different things grilling wise or, you know, baking, mm-hmm. I can bake a little bit here and there. Um, so it makes it difficult when we go out to eat Yeah, and you know, a salad comes to us and you got a $6 salad sitting in front of you and you're like, really? Yeah. That's, that's what you're giving me. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to, you're going to charge me six bucks for that. Yeah. You feel good about that. That's what I want to ask. I know it's not the server that I need to be asking that, but I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I what we could do for $6. Yeah in that bowl and still have enough for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. It, yeah. It's just hard. Yeah. And there are times when, when the service isn't up to par or maybe the place isn't as clean as it should be. Mm-hmm. And, and all those things come into my experience. And there's, there was a couple of places we enjoyed going to eat that we were at recently. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't go back. Yeah. I can't go back. Well, it has to do a lot of them with the management as well. Sure training training and 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 teaching the younger generation that are our servers and cooks you know about it to care right absolutely and it starts with the management if they care or not yeah you know to keep those things up and going um well that's why i ask that mm because i know i've 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 got to see and got to eat some of your food and and i've witnessed what you've done i get to see it online and um, I know your attention to detail and your, your pride in what you do. Mm-hmm. That's why I asked that question. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, as, as a principal, it was hard to walk into some classrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, not many. There were very few where I walked in, I was like, Oh, we got some work to do, you know, mm-hmm. but there were others. I walked in, I'm like, and that guy, I'll come back in here and watch him. I'll watch her. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be a kid in this class. Yeah. And, and I wondered if it was the same way when you go out to eat where, you can't turn it off. Yeah. You know, you just can't automatically turn that off and go, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy whatever comes to me today. I'm not going to complain, which mm. I don't see as somebody's going to, Hey, come on. Yeah. You know, but they don't complain. really in, in the car ride right on the way home. Yeah. The comments going to be made. Yeah. We're human. And you get in the car and you're like, ah, man, the, I was talking to Jennifer a while back on the phone and I was starving. Like I hadn't eaten all day. I was on a, like a, a, you know, one of those fasting periods Mm -hmm. and here it comes out of it. And as I'm driving on my way back home, I'm about an hour from home. And the only thing around me is fast food. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm on the phone with her. So, you know, I'm just going to get a cheeseburger. Hell with it. I'm just doing it. I'm going to, I'm going to go through McDonald's and get a cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. I sit in the drive through and I'm waiting and waiting just just enough time for me to go. (laughs) I'm not doing it. And she goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm leaving. She goes, why? I said, because I'm going to wait. I want to eat it. Then I'm going to be disappointed in the food and in myself for eating at McDonald's. Yeah. And I'm not doing that. Yeah, I know. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So I'm just coming home. And I've done that a number of times. My brother makes fun of me for it because, like, I'll talk to him sometimes in the morning. And and, uh, occasionally I'll be like, you know what? I want to, I just want a quick, you know. Mcmcmuffin or something, mm-hmm. and I'll pull in the line, and then I'll pull right back yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just can't I know. do it. Right, and, and I'm a little bit that way about different <clears throat> things. I've I've become accustomed to. I know what I like, and I don't want to pay for something I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yep. Not just 
like, but I want to enjoy it if, if I'm going out. And uh, I'm that way with donuts. I'm mm-hmm. really bad when it comes to donuts. Mm-hmm. I'm very picky. Yeah. And there was there was a morning about a month ago. I said, I'm going to go get donuts. And I drove around, and um, they didn't have donuts at the one convenience. There's no donut place here. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a new uh, pastry shop in town. Oh, but I want I want a tiger tail. Come on, man, just yes. give me a good yeast glazed right. donut. Right. You know. And they weren't open yet. I go by the next place. They're not open yet. I did not want to go out to Casey's. That wasn't what I was wanting. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't going to Marsh. It wasn't what I wanted a donut, dude. Mm-hmm. I just wanted a quality made donut. It yeah. wasn't made in a factory somewhere and shipped mm-hmm. in, and it's just not available here. Yeah. And I came home. I was so shook up, dude. I was shook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's like, what's the matter? I said, oh, my God. There's just not a donut in this town. Well, you can't buy like the Krispy Kremes in the store. It's not no. like getting it right from the restaurant. You know? <sighs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And I was spoiled. There, you know, we had when I was a kid. There was Vargos here in town, mm-hmm. and um, when we were in Madison, there was a place called a Horst, and, and they made, in my opinion, the best donut yeah. on the planet. The people here argue that it was, you know, uh, that Vargos made the best ever. And mm-hmm. uh, okay, you know what? I really enjoyed them. Yeah, but I'm telling you, as an adult, mm-hmm. I really loved horse donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they don't, they're not a paid sponsor, but by God, if they'll send me some donuts, I'll eat them. That's good. Yeah. We used to, uh, yeah. We used to grit, and there was this family that would bring like multiple dozens of donuts into us at the school when mm. I was working there. Yeah. And I was there with the car line, you know, waving kids in and wishing them a great day. And, and I'd see this dude pull up and he'd open that back door. And I knew, I knew there was just, glazed donuts coming mm-hmm. out of the back of that car and they were like clouds uh it's making my mouth water right now thinking about them jason <laughs> sounds good that's right <laughs> so anywho yeah uh so no restaurant no uh reynolds restaurant coming up in the future no probably not and i've i've done our own catering business um i don't think so uh, is that something that you see in some of your students? They have aspirations to do that, or are they looking more to just get into hospitality management and you know go work for someone else? Or it's a little bit of everything, you know. It, students have their aspirations, and just when I was a student, <laughs> I wanted to go work on a cruise ship. Oh man, as a chef, you know, and, and work on. But you know, it, more and more, it came about is that you'd be gone for several months, and yeah. you know, and then also you need to learn different languages and stuff like that, and. Um, so I never did do that, but I've been on a cruise and it's wonderful. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy what they do on a Man. cruise. I mean, that's, yeah. that's legit. It's legit. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done the ice carvings. I've done the fruit carvings okay. and all that myself throughout the years. And, um, but I think, uh, yeah, students have high aspirations, but end up finding out what really, what it's all about. Yeah. Um, you really have to have partners to open a restaurant, you know, um, money wise and all that. Uh, I'm time time yeah and just you know to know what you're doing yeah you know, as far as opening up a restaurant it's tough especially with all the franchises out there now yeah. you know there's a building here in town i was just talking to a guy named eric wilson today and eric's the contractor on uh the newberry building uptown and they're putting in the the um uh, the the oven hood or whatever the big what hood we, system yeah yeah and that's getting installed today mm-hmm. and ask him, I said, you know, what's going on with it? Are, are we moving? And he said, man, it's progressing. We're just, you know, they're looking for that right person to fill in that, 
that restaurant role of it. And I think it would go well here. I think a nice, um, not necessarily a roots, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, thinking that same realm of just, you know, a good 20, $22 plate, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe that 17 to $22 plate. Yeah. It's going to go well here. Sure. If grains and grill over in Matthews can rock it out. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a place in Summitville that's killing, I think called Route 66 or okay, something yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, that's doing really well. And you've got some other small restaurants mm-hmm. in small towns oh, yeah. that are killing it. If if a restaurant does it the right way, people will travel to go eat that restaurant. 100%. Yeah. Even if it's a small little little town. Yeah. Right? Like you're talking about, Fairmount, Matt Matthews, Grains and Grill. I mean, yeah, I know. Those, those little small areas like that, that can, yeah. And it's not sure. chain-based. I, I, you mm-hmm. know, they're... There was a time and place when that's all you saw was was yes. chains everywhere, and you still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really love going to an independent oh yeah restaurant. Oh me, me too. There's something more special about it. Yeah, you know, and it's what we do in Muncie, Muncie as well. I mean, the locals and um, there's a couple couple restaurants we like to go to, and that's yeah, that's what we yeah. stick to. Yeah, because my wife, <laughs> if we go to a different restaurant, oh. She'll either, you could have done better than that at home. <laughs> you know? I was talking about yeah, earlier. Right. Yeah. Like Jennifer, like you're saying, yes. And I could have watched what I wanted to on TV. Yeah. I wouldn't, my ears wouldn't be ringing when I left. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't smell like whatever they were frying in the yep. back. I mean, all that plays into it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there are places I won't go because I know I'm going to walk out of there. I won't go into a Wendy's because I know I'm going to walk out smelling like their fryer. Yeah, right. And I love a good Wendy's fry, man. Yeah, I know. It. Uh, man, my dad, like that square hamburger, something, mm-hmm. something special about biting into the corner of a hamburger that is not supposed to be a corner, but yeah. that's the way Wendy's does it. It is. And my dad took me there, so there's some nostalgia that goes along with it. But I won't go in because they just can't get their stupid hood right. You know, make that whole kitchen area hood. I know, right? You're frying and cooking. Do it. Yeah, yeah. You know? But yeah, I know what you mean. Smoky places ain't mm-hmm. happening. I can't no. go in a place where people smoke. And, oh, I know. You know, and I'm a former smoker. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm that guy. But I'm, I just won't do it now. Well, I was joking around with somebody the other day. Remember the times where. You know, you walk into a restaurant and they ask you smoking or non-smoking. Right. And if you go sit in non-smoking, you had to walk through the smoking section to get there. <laughs> right. Or you're sitting right by that glass that goes up six feet. Oh, there's yeah. Just like this, yeah. There's this flume of smoke hanging over the non-smoking section. Yeah. Yep. Like, what? Oh, man. Those days. I was talking to AC about going into, uh, um, oh, my gosh, Fazoli's. Yeah. And back when it was you could smoke in mm-hmm. there and he and I both smoked at the time and, mm-hmm. and we're sitting in there under, you know, under a lamp and we would just puff the whole time. Like we're a couple gangsters and just <laughs> fill that stupid <laughs> thing full of smoke yeah. and talk in there. Like we were somebody <laughs> from somewhere that was going to get you. You know, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. That's what you do when you're 20. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I'm not that everybody does that. I'm sure Jennifer never did anything dumb like that. <laughs> That lady. Oh, until she got with me, brother. Yeah. She didn't do anything dumb till she got with me. That was the <laughs> beginning of it right there. So what's what's next? So yeah. what does um you know you, you got your you do you do your catering events like pretty much a year in advance? No. A semester in advance? It could be a year, yeah, a year. It could be uh 
next week. Uh, oh. We all we we asked for ten days in advance. Okay. Um, they email us, call us, we get the information, get a contract ready for a quote, and email back and forth. And yeah, um, you know we we were averaging about thirty five to forty events a week. Um, what size crew do you have? Thirteen full time staff. So that is um four front of the house that handles the setup of the the whatever it may be buffet or service five back of the house um i have a dishwasher um and two custodian truck drivers um that drive and and are custodians um and then uh i have two other assistant managers that help help as well with the events and and things um but then we have student employees. So student employees help tremendously. Okay. And this year was the highest amount we've had for years. And mo- most uh, anybody has known catering to have. We had 40 student employees. Oh, wow. So that helps out. So, uh, and then they ask their friends to work and they get their friends. And so it works out really well with the student employees. Um, so, yeah, we do a schedule each week. So Friday, like Friday morning, I'll do a schedule for next week. Okay. Um, depending on how many events we have and what, what times they are, where they're at and all that. So, um, cause every event's different every, uh, and you know, times are different and days are different. So what's the biggest challenge with that? The biggest challenge, um, uh, is when you get so many events, cause we, we try to manage our events, um, as best we can on different days, um, is, is scheduling, you know, the front of the house where they need to be they could be doing two or three events in a day mm-hmm. but it's scheduling them you know uh and make sure they're not working too late and then coming back in real early the next morning it's managing all that make sure they get their day off and, and stuff you know location wise kind of all over or yeah mainly within campus, campus. Okay. yeah um we do go outside of campus for certain things um but uh, ball state's number one then outside of there you know we do local things as well what about when it comes to uh, bowl games, stuff like that? Are you involved in any of that? Not we, that we've seen a bowl game. Well, in, well a couple a years ago we did, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we do feed the football team. We feed them at the beginning of the year, their opening banquet and all that, uh, at the end of the year banquet. Uh, and, and during the uh, those times, if, if yeah, we'll feed them during break as well if they're going to a bowl game or um, sometimes the basketball team will do breakfast for. Uh, depends on what times the games are and stuff. But, yeah, we do. We feed the football team, basketball team. So Ball State hosts the volleyball state championships. Mm-hmm. Is, do you have any part in that? Do you get involved? Yeah, because we, we do a lot of, uh, um, for some of the teams, we have a, uh, they, they get the teams together and have a banquet. Yeah. Uh, they also have uh, a room over at the arena for the judges. Okay. Uh, judges. We, we call them referees. Referees. Yeah. Uh, and then they have for the coaches, hospitality, things like that. Okay. So throughout the whole day, we're doing beverages and we're doing um sack meals and different dinner lunch and dinner buffets yeah so you're the associate director is there a director that that you answer to that so, is part of this as well yeah so um ball state dining and catering um fall under business and auxiliary services at ball state um so business and auxiliary services has a vice president um then there's an associate vice president um and then the senior director, which is my boss. Okay. So the senior director oversees dining, catering, conference services, and alumni center. 
and then we have two associate directors, uh, myself, who oversees catering and alumni center. And then we have an associate director that oversees dining, um, all the dining the facilities. Dining halls. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And that's how kind of the structure of that goes. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. It, just thinking about Ball State and you know, we've, we've got to see how much it's changed in the past, gosh, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. when my brother went there, it looked nothing like it does now. And, yeah. you know, uh, the flying tomato is long gone. Yeah. Uh, I certainly miss that place. Yeah. Uh, and although I, I only remember visiting there in probably the mid eighties mm-hmm. when, when Joe was at ball state and we were probably going there because, Oh, it's the greatest place on earth. Yeah. Uh, it, it, evidently it was because I still remember it. Yeah. Um, yeah, people do remember that. But it, it's so, it's so interesting to see how much ball state has changed and grown mm-hmm. over the past 25 years. Yeah. Uh, 25. Well, 25 years you've yeah. been there. Oh, yeah. Uh, let alone the probably 35 that we've been functionally aware of, of Ball State yeah. as, as, a, as a place. What is the biggest change you have seen since you've been there? One of the biggest changes, I think, is La Follette. The La Follette coming down, that's where I started. So wow. as a chef 25 years ago, I was the chef at La Follette Complex. And so to see that come down was kind of a history moment but also building the new north dining right beside it right was great uh, and they had built that when it was still standing and there's only six inches between the new building roof and the la follette um when they serious? yeah when they were building it oh i had no idea it was that close six inches um and they had to really protect the building when they were tearing down right. la follette but that was pretty cool to see go up and north dining is a freestanding facility so it's all dining um you know, a huge facility holds 700 people. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you've never, and I'm going to promote it, you know, if you've never been there, it's open to the public. Um, the Chick-fil-A that was in the atrium okay. is now moved down to North Dining, and they're just finishing it up as a full restaurant Chick-fil-A. Really? So you, if you go to that Chick-fil-A starting, I think, the 8th or the 15th, somewhere in there, you can get every every menu item that they yeah not what you can just grab off the warmer no yourself. you go yeah right you walk up and order just like a restaurant wow yeah that's they awesome. have got a Starbucks um they got a barbecue place where they actually do all the smoking and rotisserie chicken and everything in is uh, that is that overseen by Ball State yes okay so Ball State Dining is self opt it's okay. not a contract company so everything you see at Ball State in catering and dining is self-op we do it ourselves. wow so you, uh, you ball state has a chick-fil-a franchise yes interesting yeah so so ball state does have some franchises like taco bell yeah um, in the student center chick-fil-a um we have a sushi place in woodworth that um uh, yeah homemade fresh sushi, and I'll, I'll it's it's great so if you want some fresh sushi or poke bowls at I woodworth think, i think the girls have told me about that Oh, Jocelyn Addison yeah, told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been through there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're nuts it, about that stuff. I'll tell you what, if you want uh, ramen or, you know, good. Oh, God, they talk about ramen all the time. Yeah. That must be where they're going. Well, and it's fresh. They make it right there for you, you know. Oh. So, um, and sushi and poke bowls. Um, we've got the, let's see, uh, Papa John's on campus as well. So, there's a few franchises, but we run those franchises. It's not like the company runs them or anybody else, but. We, we train our employees to, like I said, self-op. I wasn't aware of that. I just thought, I assumed, you know, yeah. you just rented them some space. And yeah, no. They were 
operating on their own out there. Yeah, and that's why Ball State, is, uh, we're pretty well known uh, around in the Midwest and the the United States um, as far as dining for dining because um, we're self-op mm. uh, and do it the way we do it. Um, we're, we're part of an organization called NACUFS, which is a national association of college and university food service. And so we go to conferences and, and things, regional and national conferences. We're pretty well known and because of what how we do things and our meal plans and yeah. mind blown yeah mind blown. yeah <laughs> and i think ball state dining if you look is ranked in the top 100 um wow. across the country i don't doubt that one bit yeah not one singular bit so which brings me another question the little robots that are delivering things yeah. around campus yeah. is that ball state dining as well yeah we we run that That's so it's so a company bizarre. we um that um run runs them but we we run them as far as so you, there's an app you can get on um called starship uh and, and you get on your phone and you can go to ball state and you can order um and they go to the door the, you know that'll tell you where it'll stop because it won't come in the building but you go outside the door where it'll stop and it'll bring your your starbucks or your chick-fil-a I'm or assuming you have to have a code or something or yeah. like on your phone it's almost like doordash but but it's just yeah the robots yeah, we got 25 robots. So fun. It's awesome. Students involved in, in operating those? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So students will load them. Great opportunity. Yeah, yeah, student employees load them from the different facilities. And yeah, you'll see them run over all over campus. They are too. Yeah, they're cool. I, I don't know that I've been on campus in the past six months. I haven't seen one oh, yeah. as I drive through. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what time. Mm -hmm. There's something rolling around. Yeah, right. And, you know, and that's, that's another cutting edge thing that Ball State's trying to keep up with uh, the trends of dining and catering, you know, across the country. Um, being in the Midwest, you're always one of the last ones from the coast to get things. Sure. Um, but we're, we're always trying to be on the cutting edge. I think it's shrinking down a little bit. Yeah. You know, with the power of information yeah. being passed around, I think, I think it's changing how the Midwest receives new innovation. Mm -hmm. um, I think it'll speed. It's going to, it has, it already has speed. Yeah. Uh, been speeding a lot of things up it's really interesting to watch and see something new innovative that's coming to ball state um this next semester as well is a a, a make a mia pizza machine it's going to be in the rec center where the old quiznos used to be okay uh that space is uh kind of vacant but we're going to have uh like chips and sodas and drinks and stuff but it's a it's a pizza machine that the pizzas are prepped put in the machine and held and there's a there's a shelf life of them sure but you can walk up and pick the pizza that you want pay for it it'll um, prepare it for you drop it out into a box and there you go oh wait and there there are good pizzas really yes how how far away because i love i love pizza yeah how far away are we from that you know it's going to be this semester sometime but i'm not really? sure yeah okay yeah, I was going to be pretty quick. I figured I was going to hear fall. fall yeah, no, it, it'll be this semester coming up sometime. Okay. All right. I'll let you know. Man, all of a sudden, I just found some new dining options in Muncie that I, I really hadn't thought about as being an option. And I tell you what, and as you know, and former student and, you know, and seeing you, you know, the food is great at Ball State. And, and the public doesn't know that you can come to Ball State um, and eat anywhere on campus and pay cash, card, whatever you want. Um, we have chefs on campus across campus and it's, it's amazing food. It really is. Um, and you know, 
if you want a good dining experience, you know, you can come to Ball State and get a good meal for uh, a good reasonable price as well. Right. I, I don't remember what I, I had had something at, at the tally and uh, I was telling Jennifer, so we got to get in there. And I was messaging you, finding out when it was going to yep, be on yep. again. And our schedule just never yep. aligned for us to get in there to check it out because it was something she would have really enjoyed. Okay. Uh, but that was something I really liked was being able to follow the tally yeah. and seeing what was going to be on that menu and to get to see you while I was yeah. in there having a sure. great meal too. But um, that was that was a lot of fun. Those were some interesting times to to be, uh, to be you know, 30, 36, 37, 38. And, uh, God, I was 40 when I grad when I graduated from Ball State, but, um, to watch the evolution from when, when we were yeah. kids and what Ball State looked like then mm-hmm. to what it is today. And, and then to see what it changed to, even when my kids went there yeah. just a few years after, it was really interesting to see how you guys continue to, to get, be on the cutting edge and innovate and, yeah. and not just settle for, you know, being the old dining halls of the nineties. Right. We got the buffets and you just walk through the buffet and get what you, God, it's all prepared so in front good. of you, a fresh homemade sandwich, pizza, barbecue. You can see in the smoker or the, the open pit, you know, whatever, uh, you know, it's pretty fascinating. You can get a stir fry right there made for you yeah. to order what you want in it. And the price is right. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not as if you're, you're paying McGowyard prices. Yeah. Right. You're not. No, you're paying fair price for absolutely what you're getting i've always been happy with it so what's next for jason you know i'm we're just gonna plug away and, and and just trying to um i'm always thinking about new innovative ways um and trends for catering as well sure um and uh, just events on how how do you take it to the next level you know and and, and such so it it's those type of things uh working on um you know Maybe I'll uh, move up one more step in, in Ball State, and that's that's a goal of mine. Um, our senior director is retiring within the next two years, so okay. we'll see what happens there uh, in that direction and the way structure is going there. Um, I plan on retiring from Ball State. You know, I've been there so long. I love what I do. Um, I have one, one, one child one going there already, there, yeah. so the other one plans on going there too. Yeah. So, yeah. That's helpful. Very helpful. <laughs> it's a great benefit great benefit i'm sitting here counting in my head you know jennifer's bachelor's and then she achieved a second bachelor's uh, but it was through western governors uh, when Mm -hmm. she got her uh her her bachelor's in nursing but then i've got mine and both my daughters and then my master's uh it's surprising i don't have more ball state stuff in here than just charlie and uh, my degree over there uh i should this whole place should be red and black but the thing is i don't get a refund on any of that to pay for the the painting and the labor that it takes to, to make this a ball state yeah. room yeah that's that's great stuff man well i'm excited i'm so glad you stopped by and, yeah. and we had a chance to catch up thanks and, for asking uh, yeah it kind of re kind of revived me on wanting to get back over to ball state and eat something over there yeah because i haven't i haven't stopped in and eat and eaten anything uh, probably two three years yeah since jocelyn was you know like Full time living mm-hmm. living in a dorm or something. Yeah, uh, I think maybe a couple times we stopped over at Woodworth. Woodworth, Woodworth. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the sushi place and yeah, the Italian and so good, mm-hmm. so good. We enjoyed every every bite of it. 
Uh, but we haven't been back over since. Well, if you get a chance, I would go to North Dining. North, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So drive by there all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anytime I go to Muncie, my brother was in town um, beginning in December, and Joe hadn't been on Ball State campus. Okay. I don't know. Like, I think he was there when I graduated in um, 20, 2014. Mm-hmm. I, I remember walking across. Uh, you know, up there on the, was that the art, the art museum or whatever, whatever oh, building yeah, that is. Yeah, the, the terrace of the yeah, art museum. When you walk yeah, across yeah. the terrace, like, whoa, you know, yeah. and yelling out in the crowd. So yeah. I'm pretty sure he was there, but, um, he hadn't been there since. And boy, the amount of changes that have oh. happened since then yes. are Lots. tremendous mm-hmm. and continue to happen. I'm super stoked to see what they do with that corner, uh, right there behind Sursa. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see what that, that turns into. Well, there's a new hotel going in. Yeah. I'm yeah. So a new excited. hotel with some shops and stuff. And that's exciting uh, for, for everyone. Um, you know, the new amphitheater, yeah. the old oh, Emmons man. parking garage. What a great, you know, we're, we're doing some catering out there as well. Outside. It was, it was a Blackbird kid was the first kid to, to play out there. His name's Jerry Barker. Oh, he's a Blackbird grad. Wow. So, and actually yeah. someone I'm, I'm trying to get on the show. So Jerry, if you're listening, I want to get you on here, brother. I want to, want to see uh, how his music career is going. Yeah. The amphitheater and, and this with the new East mall, they call the East mall where it walks from, you can walk from the village yeah. all the way down on the East side of the campus, all the way to uh, the rec center by the business building and Woodworth and all I know that. Exactly what by you're the amphitheater about. in between Pruis and all that. Yeah. They call that the East Mall. Okay. And it's just it's just a big walk path, and yeah, which is it pretty was right cool. by the Honors College, yep. Emmons. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nice. And it is really pretty. Yeah. I mean, that's just a beautiful area. Yeah. Uh, and, and to think that that was just an open, like there were houses there. Yes, I know. Like I used to park illegally <laughs> yeah. for a couple of years yeah. <laughs> right behind some yeah. of the sorority houses and uh, walk in that direction mm-hmm. to get over to Teachers College and uh, boy, what just what a beautiful campus! It's yeah, the Alderdice Gates there. There the has the water fountain on the the uh, east side where it starts the East Mall. Yeah. There um, it's pretty neat to see the fountain there. Um, one cool thing I'll mention about dining also runs is the multicultural uh, multicultural center ice cream shop. So yeah, know that existed. Yeah, so you know where the amphitheater is at. Yeah, um, the mul- new multicultural center that's right behind. Uh, right behind the library. Yep. Um, there's an ice cream shop in there. It serves all Hershey's ice cream flavors of the month. Um, and we, uh, and I'll, why do you tell me these things? Well, I'm going to tell you something that you, you <laughs> needed to go try. We make homemade donuts oh, in dining, uh, in North dining. Okay. In our oh. bakery. So and I know it's a little drive, but that's okay. You know, listen, home, if I'm not going to go home mad, it's worth, <laughs> Homemade donuts. And then what we do, we'll make a donut sandwich out of ice cream and homemade donuts over at the ice cream oh, shop. You know, there's all kinds of things they do over there, but that's a neat place to visit. And it's great because during the summer with a with something outside, you can go get an ice cream or a shake or something and go sit. Sure. And, How, yeah. That 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 brings up a question I have. Um, during the summer, are all the dining halls operating as they normally would? Or do you guys? No, there's only a few. Like North Dining is open. Woodworth's open because okay. um, of orientation. Yeah. Um, but in conferences going on, but there's only a couple that stay open. What yeah. was the, um, what was the dining area like in between North? Well, in between like Robert Bell, Letterman, so you go Bell, Letterman, Arts, uh, maybe 
and then there was the teacher's college the, well yeah before uh, you get the teacher's college there was dining area in there the atrium atrium is that yeah, still there it's still there okay still yeah still up and running that's where the chick-fil-a was at yeah now they've moved it and they're building a they they renovated down north dining that's why i was asking because i didn't know if maybe everything had moved out of there and they'd repurposed nope. Nope, they're still north running dining. running food at food court there man that's that's still a very busy area yeah in that the middle of campus oh my gosh the atrium woodworth is really busy yeah in the middle of campus yeah that's where i spent a lot of my time i would go there and i would walk through the art museum mm-hmm. the, that they have there in that area and uh hit the bookstore and, yeah you know just kind of kill some time met charlie there a couple times yeah, yeah. and that was always exciting it was one of my highlights of being on campus you know i love my mascots i can't mm. help it that's right you gotta love that brother thank you so much man thank you scott i appreciate it what a good time yeah i I learned so much today number one that me and jennifer not opening a restaurant was a great idea (laughs) not opening part uh, because the number of restaurants we have we have created in our heads uh is the list is long but distinguished i'll put it that way hey you always do a food truck no no just a new set of variables i know no i know it it is (laughs) You talk, and you, you, you probably even talked to Brian Blevins about that. Um, well, Brian was in, we didn't talk much about his food truck, okay. but, um, I, I love the idea of food trucks. In fact, I'd had a conversation with a couple city leaders about the idea of doing a monthly food truck court Yeah, and just have a, you know, a Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that second Saturday, everybody else does a first Friday, yeah. you get yeah. a third wednesday whatever they are mm-hmm. we could have just a food truck court yeah set up uptown around the square in in the afternoon yeah what a great opportunity that would be oh yeah you know for second saturday or whatever yeah. uh be a pretty cool place to that would draw people in it's kind sure. of that if you oh. have the right thing mm-hmm. it's going to draw people to it yeah but you know anyway. just like a lot of other things yeah you know, oh great idea yeah all right oh well we're done here today yeah, <laughs> yeah. brother Hey. All right, there it is. I'm I'm gonna it's it's not an Irish goodbye, but and it's not a southern goodbye, but it's maybe it's an Indiana goodbye. Okay. I love you, man. Thanks for being Thank here. You. Yep. And we'll uh that's it, folks. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>